Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22 says, The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrows with it. Our God is a good, good father. He is a great father. He loves us. And he gives us what, what he knows that is good for us. So we need to cherish everything that he gives to us. <clears throat> According to Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, he does all this so that you and I may be children of our father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. God loves everyone. He loves his whole creation. Everything that God made, he said, it was good. And we, more than anything, we are better. We are the best. We are the apple of his eyes. He made us in his image and in his likeness. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And because of that, he's going to give us the best that he has in store for us. And we ought to cherish it. We ought to do everything to cherish it. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, the question is, if we despise the riches of God's goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. God does everything that is good so, so that we can all come to repentance. He knows that everyone has sinned and fallen short of his glory. So he's doing everything in his power to make sure that we all come to repentance. The first thing God does for every one of us is to give every one of us a measure of faith. God has given us a measure of faith. You see that in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. <clears throat> he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness that through the knowledge of himself that by these things we might be partakers of his divine nature. God wants us to be like him. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus who taught it not Robbery to be equal with God. God wants us to be able to function the way he functions. Though Jacob's name had the meaning of supplanter, the name also has a connection to the term heel grabber. Name and their meanings are interesting and can be either complementary or somewhat insulting. Either way, in scripture, names tend to describe something about the person who has been given the name. What does your name mean? My middle name is Samuel, and the meaning of it is upright man. We ought to check out our names to see what they really mean. Now, we're living in a world where people give their children some kind of name that, man, it makes you wonder. Yep. I have a friend living in Florida. Somehow they gave his son the name Damien. And I am telling you, Damien was Damien. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they could hardly control Damien. <laughs> so we have to be careful, you know, of the names that we give to our children. 
Does the meaning describe you at all? At birth, Jacob tried to supplant or simply succeed Esau as the firstborn. From the moment of his birth, Jacob began to live up to his nickname, heel grabber. In the womb of Rebekah, soon-to-be-born twins were, uh, were growing. As the time of, the, uh, as the, as the time of um, delivery approached, the twins compete for position, um, position as you know, they started moving around in the womb. <clears throat> Esau, who came out of the womb first, was in line to receive the birthright that belonged to the firstborn. The birthright would contain the authority um, to one day lead the family after Isaac had passed away. Interestingly, at the moment of Esau's birth, Jacob's hand was holding on to the heel of his older brother. Hence, the nickname was given, Eel Grabber. <laughs> yep. In other ways, Jacob coveted Esau's birthright. Jacob could not get over the fact that the birthright would never be his. Even though he was well taken care of, he coveted the birthright of his older brother. It is amazing that no matter how much some people are blessed by God, they are still coveting the blessings of others. They still covet, I mean, the things that they see people have. They want to have this. They want to try to have better than they have to make themselves look like they are the king of the hill. The old time people used to say, there's not enough in this world, or, or there is enough in this world for everybody's need, but not enough for everybody's greed. Yep. Because so many pe- people are so greedy today, you have so many people suffering. Because they want to take up everything for themselves. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 17 of the New International Version says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This was the case for Jacob. He coveted Esau's birthright. Esau did not realize the true value of the birthright. The choices he made in life um, puts him into a position of allowing other things to become more valuable to him than the things that really should have mattered. In fact, Genesis chapter 25 and verse 34 tells us Esau despised his birthright. This literally means he de-esteemed, he disesteemed his birthright. In other words, he made it of less value than other things in his life. We, are, we, are, we have to make sure that the things of God are the most important in our lives at all times. One day while Esau was hunting, Jacob was at home cooking. Upon returning from his hunt, Esau was exhausted and hungry. Taking a deep breath, he could smell the aroma of fresh stew. One looked into the pot 
and his appetite grew even more ravenous. Esau said to Jacob, Let me have some of that stew. This was the moment Jacob had been waiting for. He was waiting for this moment for a long time to find a way to get that birthright. <clears throat> this was the opportunity to get the birthright. He had, he had been, is that my phone or is that yours? Okay. <laughs> he was just waiting for the opportunity to get that birthright from him. <clears throat> Jacob quickly responded to Esau, Before I will let you eat anything, you have to sell me your birthright. But to Esau, the birthright had become trivial and of no value. We have to make sure that we hold on to God's, I mean, the, the treasures that he has given us. Because, you know, the enemy of our soul, he's doing everything in his power to cause us to start looking at the things of God and, you know, devaluing them. Even in our way of acting and in our way of thinking. People today are devaluing the things of God. Devaluing even the word of God. They're trying to twist the word of God to make it say what they want it to say. God's word, their spirit and their light. The scripture tells us that the entrance of God's word, it giveth light. And it giveth understanding. It gives us wisdom. It's everything to us. It's a lamp unto our feet and it's a light unto our path. We have to treasure God's word. We have to treasure everything that God gives to us. After all, Esau said, you know, he, he's hungry. He figured that if, if, I, if I die, what will the birthright mean to me? This is how he, I mean, he diminished the value of the birthright. He didn't realize the value until when he lost it. We have to be careful that we don't lose what God has given to us because it's going to be sad. He said, hey, I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? I would rather have a bowl of stew than a birthright. In that moment, a bargain was struck. That would alter the course of boatmen or boatmen's life forever. The heel grabber finally conned his brother out of I mean, the one thing he wanted more than anything else in life. This exchange teaches or teaches us a great deal about the character of both brothers. What do you think Jacob was thinking? At the time, he was um, making his deal of a lifetime. Have you ever felt regret for taking advantage of someone? Anybody? Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah, you know, I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, <laughs> we, we sit around the table eating. You do something to trick your brother or something like that to get something out of his plate. <laughs> and then you regret it when you see him, you know, crying, especially your younger brother, you know. So, so these are some little things that we grow up doing, and we don't even realize until when you get older, you say, "Well, wow, I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> okay. Um, as children of God, we must refuse to surrender our birthright. 
It is very important that we appreciate the birthright we were given when we were born again of the water and of the spirit. At that moment, God placed his spirit, the most valuable possession we'll ever have inside of us. Along with his spirit came a birthright to all the privileges of being a child of God, including the hope of eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, Peter speaks to us about being good stewards of the manifold grace of God that was given unto us. In the days, are the days with Peach, which um, Peter lived, a steward was a slave. His life did not belong to himself. He belonged to his master. His purpose in life was to please his master. He owned nothing. He dispensed the goods of his master. The New English Bible has a marvelous translation of this passage. It says, like good stewards dispending or dispensing the grace of God. We are good stewards who are to be dispensing the grace of God in its varied forms. <clears throat> This is the highest calling of the Christian. To live under the Lordship of Jesus Christ is the highest calling that we have in this world. Many people think that because they're a judge or they're a president or they're a prime minister, they're higher than everybody else in this world. They can make whatever decision they want to make in this world. But we have a higher calling. We have a, have a higher calling than they have today. And we have to cherish this. <clears throat> Jesus, um, Jesus is the one who is our master. We are supposed to serve him in every way, in everything that we do. We are called to serve him and his people. We are the willing servants of Jesus who have the, the light of dispensing his grace in its varied forms. We minister to each other and build up the body of Christ by using the graces or the grace gifts that God has given to us, have entrusted to us. We use these to build up one another. The scripture tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, as we see the day approaching. We do this so that we can come together to build up one another. Before you leave your house, to come into the house of God. God gives you something that you can share with somebody else. God gives you a word. He gives you a song. He gives you a psalm. He gives you something that you can share. But, you know, most times, because we don't have testimony service, Brother um, Scarlett, all the time, some people just sit on the testimony that God has given them or allowed them to experience so that they can use this to help somebody else. Well, guess what? All this was not for free. All that I just said was not for free. The scripture tells us to buy the truth and sell it not. But all this that I said, and I'm going to say tonight, is not for free. So here's what I'd love for you to do. Please, I'm begging you. Before you leave, pay attention. Pay attention. 
Right, brother? (laughs) (laughs) Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 to 37 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which at great recompense of reward. For if ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come, and will not tarry. Jesus is coming with his reward for us. We have to hold on to the confidence that we have in him. We have to make sure to hold on to his promises. Again, the scripture tells us in Proverbs 23, 23, to, to buy the truth and sell it not. Hold on to God's word. God's words, they are truth. And the entrance of God's word, you give it light, you give it understanding. God's words are exalted above his name. This is how precious God's word is. No possession, material um, goods, or jobs, or relationship is worth um, trading away our spiritual birthright. Nothing in this world is worth trading away our birthright. Why we cannot take away Esau's responsibility for his own decisions, we have to keep in mind that he grew up in a dysfunctional home. The influence of, um, of the tension in his home would have greatly affected him. The word of God is filled with references on how to raise godly children and to maintain a godly home. With the number of dysfunctional homes in the world today, the need for families to be raised in a spiritual environment has never been greater. There's a great need for families to be raised in a spiritual environment today. There's a great need for people to know what the Word of God says. I mean, when I was growing up, you could never go to school without your Bible. But now, looking some homes, there's no Bible. You have kids today don't know what a Bible looks like. <laughs> yep. I mean, they'll pass it on the road and they'll kick it or something like that and say, oh, that's another old book or something. They don't know what it is. We have to cherish the Word of God. It's very important that we love the Word of God. The foundation that um, parents prepare in homes will determine how their children view the blessings God put in their lives. If the parents do not value the things of God, there is a great chance the children will not either. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. This is very important. People have to know who their God is. People have to know what God requires of them. I mean, the scripture tells us that hell has enlarged in our mouth. There's a construction going on right now in hell because you have many people that don't know their God. They, 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 don't, they don't even believe that a God exists. So they, they just thought that, okay, 
some people say they come from monkey, but where did the monkey come from? <laughs> you know, our God created this whole universe. He made us in his image and his likeness. We are his people. We are special in God's sight. <clears throat> now, Esau in Esau's scenario the the, 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 the the situations that he faced in life I believe is what caused the situation that they were going through or they, that they went through you know the parents did not take the time to teach them the things of God what happens when parents, parents do not love their children equally Without um, favoritism. It's very important that parents love each child the same way. Because if they don't, then they're going to treat one better than the other. Isaac loved Esau. And, um, you know, while Rebekah loved Jacob. One may wonder if this biased love was part of the reason for the selling of the birthright. Isaac loved Esau because he was, an, he was an outdoors man, an hunter. He was more inclined to earthly pursuits. On the other hand, um, Jacob was given the intellectual and spiritual things. He was given into electoral, intellectual and spiritual things. He loved the word of God. He loved the things of God. So, you know, his mother loved him. Now, Rebecca neglected to speak to each boy on equal terms. For instance, did they ever take the time to teach each, each one, I mean, about the spiritual side and the values of the things of God? Maybe they didn't. They didn't teach them equally. Did they teach Jacob what it was to work with his hands and to appreciate hard work and the outdoors? Maybe they did not. Did they truly recognize the difference between their two sons and appreciate them while at the same time teaching them to um, teaching them the significance of submitting themselves to the Lord? When parents become divided in their love for their children, they unwittingly create conflict that can lead to anger and bitterness. Hey, why are you giving him the best shirt? Why are you giving him that pretty shirt and giving me this? All these things will happen. You know, so pa parents have to try their very best to treat each child equally. To love them with the same kind of love. Wise parents um, make, make willing choices not to favor one child over the other. When the day drew near for Isaac's departure from this world, he made the decision to bestow the blessings on his firstborn. Isaac asked Esau to kill some fresh game and prepare it for him. Hearing this, Rebekah conspired, or Rebekah conspired with Jacob to sell the blessing, or to you know steal the blessing before Esau could return from um, from hunting this goat or whatever he went to hunt to feed his fa father. 
she quickly fish um she she quickly went out and you know killed a goat killed a kid and prepared this meal this venison for for his father what she did was to take the the, the skin and wrapped it on um, Jacob's arm and his hand so that when he went into his father he would smell that you know outdoors lifestyle and stuff like that and say well this must be the child <clears throat> she, 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 she was ready to deceive her own husband for the child that she loved she was ready to deceive him to make sure that the child that she loved get the blessing when Jacob um, approached Esau with the meat his father asked him who are you my son Jacob quickly responded I am Esau, your firstborn. With that deceptive answer, the eel grabber deceived his father. And he received the blessing that was intended for Esau. Mere moments after Jacob left um, his father, Esau came in with fresh venison prepared for Isaac. The Bible says, Isaac trembled at hearing the voice of Esau. Isaac then spoke words Esau did not want to hear. Who are you? What happened to the man who just brought me venison and received the blessing? I have already given him the blessing. Can you imagine how Esau must have felt? He had known his father was growing weaker with every passing day. Esau knew it would not be long before his father would um, draw his last breath. But Esau knew also that before his father died, his father would lay his hands on him and give him the blessings that belong to him or belongs to the firstborn. But now that had been stripped from him, stolen right out under his hand by his eel-grabbing brother. It was bad enough that Jacob had... Um, at bargain to get the, the birthright in exchange for a bowl of stew. But to steal the blessings was just unthinkable and unforgivable. We must be protective of God's blessings. The greatest treasure of this life are the blessings God has given to each one of us. The Lord does not indiscriminately blesses us with no expectation of us being good stewards of the blessings. Good stewards, our good stewardship requires that we protect and preserve the blessing God imparts to us. We should never allow these blessings to become cheapened as we go about living life. We should never take for granted all that God has done and is doing for us. Once Esau realized what had happened, he was filled with anger and anguish. He cried out with a great and exceeding bitter cry. That's what we see in Genesis chapter 20, uh, 27 and verse 34. Now, can you imagine, can you imagine in your mind for a moment what it will be like when people of this world miss the rapture of the church can you imagine the weeping and the wailing 
that will be taking place in this earth? Right? This is it. People have the opportunity now. Now is the day of salvation. People have the opportunity to hold on to what God has given to them. Esau's cry was one of anger and discontentment, born out of a heart of instant bitterness. In his frustration, he begged his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. That's Genesis 27, 38. Sadly, only after he had lost what should have been valuable, did he realize what had been taken from him. Esau was reduced to begging for a scrap of blessing after it was too late. Do you think Esau fully realized what had been lost? Or was he simply bitter because it was Jacob who had taken it from him? Well, Isaac blessed Esau, but not with the blessing that could have been his. Esau was not left without a blessing. However, he was given a blessing that was far less sig- of, of less significance than what was originally prepared for him. What he finally received was but a, a shell of what could have been his. Esau wept as his father pronounced a blessing on him. <clears throat> um, his father said, Thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. Isaac went on to tell Esau that he would live by the sword and serve his brother. And there would come a day when he would be given dominion to break the yoke of his neck. You find that in Genesis chapter 27 and verse 40. Each of us bear the the sole responsibility of cherishing our spiritual birthright and the blessings of God in our lives. Spiritual birthright or being born again is the greatest experience you and I have on this side of heaven. To realize that the God of all glory has given or, or forgiven our sins and placed his spirit inside of us is almost beyond comprehension. Knowing that the very presence of God that in time past could only be experienced at a distance is now living in us should impress upon our spirit just how much we should cherish what God has done for us or what has happened to us. What Esau failed to realize and we must never forget is that there are some things that once lost can never be regained. There are some things that we lose that we can never regain them. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 4 to 6 says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God that the power of, and the power of the world to come, if they shall, fall, they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance. Seeing that they crucified themselves, the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. This is not to say that we cannot be forgiven for sins we may commit in the future, or that a backslider can never be restored. This is not saying that. It is saying there are some blessings 
God has given to us that if through our carelessness, our careless disregard, we bargain them away, God is not obligated to ever restore them into our lives. God is not obligated to restore these things into our lives. But also, like Esau, they will never be as great as the ones we had originally, I mean, been given. We have all heard the saying, some things are just not for sale. That must be the sign we hang over every blessing that God has given to us. Have you ever watched someone trade away a spiritual blessing or um, for carnal things while knowing that persons would live to regret it? Have you ever seen someone who just traded away something that, you know, after a while they really regret this? Well, it happens in life. In closing, any questions? Any comments? Okay. No questions, no comments. Everybody want to go home. Okay. Every day God places blessings in our lives. He makes a deposit from the storehouse of heaven into our accounts each each day. He does this because he loves us and desires nothing but good for every single one of us. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 to 3 declares just how much God wants to bless us. It says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. God wants to give every one of us all kinds of blessings. And he has blessings for us. He pours out his blessings every day. If we will be um, faithful to the Lord and listen to his voice, he will overtake us with blessings. Actually, we have all been overtaken by blessings or by the blessings of God. Some blessings were prayed for. Some of them, we did not even pray for them. But God still pours out his blessings. The scripture says, Blessed be the Lord that who daily loaded us with blessings, even the God of our salvation. Each day, he loads us down with blessings, both seen and unseen. It is our responsibility to cherish every single blessing. It is our responsibility to never take these blessings for granted or to allow them to tarnish in our eyes. We cannot allow the attitude of Esau to take root in our spirit. The things of this world should never be more valuable to us than the things of God. Please stand with me. There will always be someone looking to cheat us out of our blessings that God has given to us. They will always have something savory and appealing to offer if we just give up our blessings. If we do not hold, um, hold the blessings of God as precious, then it will not be a hard sale for those trying to take what is not rightfully theirs. While truth 
is one of the greatest blessings we have. And we are instructed to buy it and never sell it. Every blessing from God should be seen as valuable to us. It would be a tragedy for us to find ourselves where Esau was. Bitter and angry over the blessings we have lost. It is far better to cherish the blessings of the Lord and never let anything distract us from its true worth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, 4, verse 7 to 10, the New King James Version, Paul speaks to us about being cast down, but unconquered. He says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despaired. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus Christ may be manifest in our body. Tonight, let's pray that the Lord will help us to protect his blessings in our lives and that we will avoid, I mean, actions and attitude that will forfeit God's blessings in our lives. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Almighty God, we love you, we honor and adore you. Lord, we give you thanks, Almighty God, for your word and all the instructions that you have given to us, Almighty God. We thank you, Lord, for your sweet spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercies. Thank you, Lord, that you renew your mercies to us each day. Almighty God, we thank you for the joy and the peace in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Almighty God, for coming to live inside of us. Thank you, Almighty God, for the treasures that you have given to us, Almighty Father. We ask in faith tonight, Almighty God, that you touch every heart that's in this house tonight. Help us, Almighty God, to receive your engrafted word with meekness. Help us to hold on tightly, Almighty God, to the things that you have given to us. Help us to cherish your blessings, Almighty God. Oh, precious Savior, help us, Almighty God, to value everything that you have given to us more than anything in this world. Precious Savior, in faith we ask, Almighty God, that you help us to walk worthy of your calling. Lord, give us wisdom, Almighty God, that we might be fruitful in every good works and increase in the knowledge of you. Give us wisdom, we pray, Almighty God, that we may be ready at all times to give an answer for the hope that is within us. Almighty God, in faith we pray that you give us wisdom, Almighty God, to treasure all your many blessings, treasure all that you have entrusted to us, Almighty Father. Lord God, we ask in faith, Almighty God, that you order our steps in your word. Help us to walk worthy of your calling, Almighty God. Help us to be fruitful in every good works and increase in the knowledge of you, Almighty God. O Abba, Father, we look to you in faith, Almighty God, for your guidance and your directions. We look to you, Almighty God, for your protection in our travels, Almighty Father. Keep us safe along the highways and byways, Almighty God. Lord God, in faith we pray that you watch over our going out and our coming in from this time forth and forevermore. O Abba, Father, have your way in our lives. Protect us, Almighty God. Put hedges around every home that's represented here tonight, Lord. Lord God, if there's, there's anyone with any sickness in their body, we ask, Lord God, that you let your healing virtues flow through us. Lord God, touch us from the top of our heads to the sole of our feet, Almighty Father. 
Oh Lord God, we plead your healing, cleansing blood for anyone that is sick tonight, Almighty God. Oh Abba Father, we pray for those in Florida and other parts of this world that have experienced this hurricane. Lord God, we ask that you comfort them in this time. Comfort those who have lost loved ones, Almighty God. Oh Lord God, we ask that you supply their needs according to your riches and glory. In Christ Jesus, we pray, Almighty God, that you have your way in their lives, Almighty Father. Oh Lord, give us wisdom, Almighty God, to do your will. Give us wisdom to be a blessing to one another, Almighty God. Help us to love one another out of a pure heart, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to love one another that the world may know that we are your disciples. Lord God, help us to be a light to those who sit in darkness. Help us, Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts and lean us on to our own understanding. Lord, have your way tonight as we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the church say amen. Amen. Remember your offering and your um, commitment to the building fund. Amen. Oh, yeah, prayer breakfast is this Saturday at 8 a.m. Amen. Don't forget. <laughs>